commemoration of the day that the Buddha uh, came down from the Tawatinsa heaven. So it's a holiday that occurs towards the end of the rainy season. So you recollect the birth of the Bodhisattva. So this uh, birth of the Bodhisattva, what happens in the case of, of all the different Buddhas is that the, the mother of the Bodhisattva, the Buddha-to-be, dies seven days after the birth. So this was the case uh, with uh, Mahamaya, the name of the mother of our Buddha. And after uh, death, she was reborn in the uh, Tushita heaven as a male deva. Then after that, she uh, took a birth in the uh, Tawa Tingsa heaven, another heaven realm lower than the Tushita heaven. And this is something that is uh, is typical for the mothers of of Buddhas. This is uh, the pattern that they follow. And before the birth of the Buddha, the uh, Indra, the uh, Deva king of the Tawatinsa heaven, as well as other Devas, asked the, the Bodhisattva, the Buddha-to-be, who at that time was also uh, a Deva on the level of the Tushita heaven. They asked uh, the Bodhisattva to come down and be born in the human world so that he could realize Buddhahood for the benefit of all beings. So after this invitation from the, from the devas, um, the mother, Mahamaya, she had a dream of a white elephant uh, holding a lotus in its trunk uh, coming down into her womb. So this is a... Uh, the meaning of this dream is that the Bodhisattva was um, entering her womb to take a human birth. And after this uh, dream, then the Queen Mahamaya, the, the mother of the Bodhisattva, would feel uh, great love arise in her heart. And there are uh, miraculous elements of this uh, birth, uh, conception, and growth in the womb of the Bodhisattva. So when the Bodhisattva grows in the womb of his mother, the mother Mahamaya can actually see the Bodhisattva growing in her womb, uh, see clearly the, the Bodhisattva growing in her own womb. And this is a, a miracle that occurs. And also the, the Bodhisattva uh, in the womb of his mother enters uh, deep absorption, uh, concentration in jhana of a high level while still in the womb. And when uh, entering the womb and when in the womb, the bodhisattva is said to have uh, clear and balanced mindfulness and clear comprehension, even as he, he comes down from the, the heaven realm. So this... Uh, this Bodhisattva, soon to be Buddha, has this great radiance and a mind that's full of parami, which uh, more than a normal level of parami. So this is what allows the mother to be, able, to be able to see the Bodhisattva in the womb. And this is what allows the Bodhisattva to realize the high level of samadhi.
And this is the spiritual perfection, this is the parami that the bodhisattva had built in the past. And similarly, the, the mother of the bodhisattva, Maha, Queen Mahamaya, she also had cultivated much parami in order to um, hold the position of being the mother of the Buddha and to be able to see the bodhisattva sitting in meditation and seeing the bodhisattva in her womb. And the, the mother of the Buddha feels uh, such a great happiness, more so than, than others in the world, more so than a worldly happiness. And she follows the five precepts uh, very strictly and the, follows the eight precepts on the lunar observance days, on the Aposita days. And she is uh, filled with goodness and happiness at all times with the bodhisattva in her womb. So after growing in the womb, uh, when it was close to the time to give birth to the bodhisattva, she went to ask her husband, the father of the bodhisattva, King Sudodana, to ask him uh, for permission to go to her parents' home to give birth, which was the custom at the time in India. So the king gave his permission and the queen Mahamaya set out for her parents' home to give birth. And on the way to her parents' home, they were passing through the area of Lumbini, passing through a, uh, a forest there, and they stopped to rest. And as they were stopped to rest, Queen Mahamaya, while she went to rest under a tree, while under that tree there, um, while standing, she gave birth to the Bodhisattva at that time. And so we see that this location of Lumbini is a very important place um, as a place to recollect the, the birth of the Bodhisattva. So after the Bodhisattva was born, he took seven steps and seven lotus flowers arose uh, under his feet for each step. And these uh, seven flowers, uh, we can say symbolize the seven um, parts of India that the, that the Buddha would go on to spread the Dhamma to and teach. And at the end of the seven steps, the, the uh, newly born Bodhisattva um, makes a statement that this is my last birth. I am the foremost in the world. And this is a, a great miracle that occurs. So, the, uh, the Bodhisattva had just been born, so had not had yet the time to study and learn how to speak and do these things. But due to the great accumulated parami of the Bodhisattva, the Bodhisattva was capable of speaking and walking and accomplishing this miracle. So this is all due to the parami that the Bodhisattva had built. And we can even look at an example of the of the current day of a a great master named Lumpu Fun, where he uh, was able to enter a very deep samadhi, a deep state of jhana, and his body felt um, very light, felt no heaviness, and even um, despite encountering uh, difficulties or troubles while in the forest, there he's able to to not get injured or to still um, be in a, a state of, of good health. 
and we can say that this state of jhana uh, took care of him like the power of the deep samadhi was able to take care of him and this deep samadhi this uh, power of jhana has it's capable of making unusual things happen things that normally could not happen are are able to happen through the power of this uh, deep concentration so similarly the bodhisattva with his full parami could do things that were unusual or typically not uh, able to occur and then growing up as a child the bodhisattva the buddha-to-be was a very exceptional student was a great student in all the different subjects of the day of the arts and sciences and uh, the skills of, of warfare in every single subject the bodhisattva was the best and excelled uh, greatly and why should this be why is this this is because of the parami of the bodhisattva and having built so much parami over so many lives the bodhisattva had already learned everything already had learned all the different worldly subjects and all these different lives and it also cultivated a great intelligence as well and the uh, uh, venerable ananda who at that time was um, the same age was a childhood uh, playmate and fellow student of the bodhisattva he was also um, a very great student and excelled in all the subjects but he was not as excellent or as uh, skilled in all these things as the bodhisattva so uh, growing up king sudodana the father of the bodhisattva he had heard he had heard a prophecy that his son would due to the um, 32 great marks present on his body he heard from the wise uh, sages of the day and the brahmins that if his son uh, were to go forth he would be a self-awakened uh, buddha who could teach um, the path to freedom but if he stayed as a lay person then he would be what is known as a wheel turning monarch which is a um, a great monarch that can conquer all four directions without without violence and comes to uh, control and rule over the entire indian subcontinent in a peaceful uh, way so the king really wanted his son to to be this wheel turning monarch which is considered to be the the greatest or most powerful uh, monarch one could be and so therefore king sudodana endeavored that his son should never see old age never see sickness never see death and so growing up um, at the age of 16 the bodhisattva uh, married uh, yasodhara who was the younger sister of devadatta also known as uh, uh, queen uh, or princess bimba and also they had a son named rahula and this name rahula it actually means something like a, a tie or a burden and so we can see that um, Rahula the son being a, a tie or a burden 
can also see all wealth is a, is a is a tie that binds having a, a spouse is a tie that binds all these things in the world are, are ties that bind one to the world and are burdensome and so when the bodhisattva went forth this was him sacrificing all this happiness all these different types of happiness in order to find an even greater wealth and even greater happiness than the things that he already knew and he even uh, tortured his body in many different ways through severe asceticisms on the path to realize this uh, supreme happiness and then as we know the bodhisattva went to sit under the bodhi tree and realized the, the great self-awakening realized buddhahood at that time and this um, then led to the dispensation of the Buddha lasting for a long time and prospering in India for a long time. And during this uh, period of the Lord Buddha teaching in India, there was one a rainy season retreat, the, uh, the traditional three months during the rainy season where the monastic community stays in one dwelling and during this particular year in that rainy season retreat the lord buddha spent the rainy season retreat in, in the tawatingsa heaven also known as the heaven of the 33 gods and during that rainy season retreat he taught the abhidhamma and he taught his uh, mother who at that time was a, a deva in that heaven realm he taught her and she was able to realize the first level of enlightenment stream entry so on this day we recollect the qualities of the buddha and we recollect the goodness of the buddha on this day that we commemorate his returning to the human world from the tawatingsa realm and when the buddha came down to the human world from the tawatingsa heaven all the different devas uh, followed the buddha down as well and all and many different humans uh, were waiting in the human world to receive uh, this great procession with the Buddha at its head. So today we give alms, do dana, practice sila, and we recollect this uh, great occasion. And and may we also uh, see the Dhamma through this act of recollection and through this practice following in the footsteps or using the buddha's mother as an example who also saw the dhamma and this uh, teaching the buddha gave in the tabatingsa heaven gave rise to immense uh, benefits this teaching of the abhidhamma and many many devas were able to see clearly into the truth to see the dhamma and realize various stages of enlightenment. We could even say hundreds of thousands, even millions of devas saw the Dhamma during this uh, period of the Lord Buddha teaching in the Tawatingsa heaven. And uh, in being the Buddha, the Buddha had um, you know, these such great qualities to a full extent and was able to teach effectively in the Tawatingsa heaven. So we recollect this goodness and we recollect the uh, the great loving kindness that the Lord Buddha had for his parents, and looking at the Tawatingsa heaven, this is the heaven that the heaven realm that Lord 
or King Indra. He is the, the Devic king of that realm. And along with 32 other um, high-ranking devas or angels or gods, then this equals the 33 gods that give that heaven realm its name. And these 33 devas uh, who get reborn in this Tawatingsa realm, they did um, a great amount of goodness and parami building in the past in order to be born in that state, in that heaven realm. So we can say that they were born from doing this goodness and doing this building, this parami. And this is goodness and parami that they did in the human world. And we can ask, where is this heaven realm? It's right here in our hearts. Just like the state of Nibbana, of uh, the deathless, is also in our hearts. So this Dhamma arises right here in our hearts. It doesn't arise anywhere else. And looking at this practice of generosity, of giving dana, this gives rise to happiness right here in our hearts. The practice of virtue, the practice of samadhi, gives rise to happiness right here in our hearts. And looking at the experience of suffering, suffering also arises right here in our hearts. So when we succeed in seeing the dhamma, this arises right here in our hearts. So we can see that all these things uh, arise in our hearts and the heart is the leader. It's the most important. So the Lord Buddha has entered uh, final Nibbana, Parinibbana already. And we can say that the Dhamma is still here. So we practice the Dhamma following the teachings of the Buddha. And doing so, we are able to see the Buddha in the present day, in the present time. So we study the Dhamma, we do right livelihood, which means a pure livelihood, and we practice not being heedless. And we recollect the Buddha coming down from the Tawatingsa heaven, and we recollect this, um, all the goodness that occurred uh, around this occasion, and recollecting this, we do our practice of giving, of virtue, listening to Dhamma, and we come to study and practice and to grow and develop in the Dhamma. And we have this no one who knows, the knower, <clears throat> the knower in the heart. And we can even use, um, use this human life to study uh, worldly subjects. So we can see if we're not yet fully enlightened, if we're not yet arahants, then we should be proficient in worldly subjects. We should be able to um, study effectively, such as studying language, art, science, and so on. And this, uh, we can see this as building parami, building parami first. And then when it's time and when our parami is full, then we can um, see clearly old age, sickness and death, and see that we are not exempt from these conditions, just like Venerable Sariputta and Venerable Mahamogalana. When it was time, they reflected on these drawbacks and they went forth to seek the truth, to seek a way out of the never-ending cycle of birth and death. And so we can uh, 
think of this and recollect this for ourselves that when it's time, then we, we uh, seek the truth. We can look at Venerable Sariputta, who was the great disciple foremost in wisdom, second only to the Buddha, and great uh, Mahamogalana, who was foremost in psychic power, again, second only to the Buddha. And looking at this uh, greatness in psychic power that Mahamogalana had, you can see that in the Buddha's time in the past, um, it was a time of, of psychic powers, and many individuals were known to have psychic powers. And using the the power of one's mind, one could know uh, anything one wished to. One can do many miraculous feats. And if we look at the present day, we can see that it's uh, more of the age of computers. So using computers, one can know many different things in the world and do many things that previously were not possible. However, in the Buddhist time, this faculty of, of psychic power, one could know things in a much more detailed and much more subtle way, know things that are uh, beyond the range of, of modern day computers. And in order to get such a level of psychic power, one must cultivate um, parami and cultivate this ability over uh, many millions of years and countless lifetimes. So it's something that's not easy to come by. And for us, um, it's good enough that we seek um, cessation in our hearts and come to the end of suffering in our hearts. So when we recollect the Buddhas coming down from the Tawatings of the Heaven, this was an occasion miraculous in, in different ways. One way was that when the Devas, um, so the Devas followed the Buddha coming down from the Heaven Realm, and being received by the humans, um, we can say that the Buddha opened up the worlds so all beings could see all the other beings, which is something that is uh, very rare to have occur. So all beings could see the Buddha and the worlds opened, meaning the humans, all the humans could see all the devas and even the lower realms beings and the devas could see all the humans and we call this the world's opening because all the different beings of the different realms could all see one another which is normally um, not the case so this is a great miracle that came about through the power of the buddha and people felt such a great rapture and deep happiness on this occasion when this miracle occurred as the Buddha came down. So we can also call this the day that the Buddha opened up the worlds. So we practice the Dhamma and we see, again, we see the truth in our own hearts and we know the truth in our own hearts. And this um, seeing of other worlds, this ability to or for the Buddha to open up the worlds and the humans could see the devas and see the different realms. This is seeing the world and seeing things on the outer level. So now the task before us is to practice to see the world clearly in our own hearts, to see things in our own hearts. 
So we recollect um, the mother of the Buddha, Queen Mahamaya, um, who realized the, the stage of enlightenment of stream entry, who saw clearly the Dhamma, and also the many uh, countless devas who became enlightened beings as well. So we can recollect, uh, we can recollect them as the practice of recollecting the Sangha and and as well recollecting the goodness of the buddha the dhamma and the sangha on this occasion so we practice to see the dhamma clearly and when we really know this truth clearly then one will not need to be born again one will see nibbana clearly in the heart and see the dhamma so may you all practice diligently may you all be well and happy, succeed and grow in the Dhamma.